0: Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.
1: Remember? That's how you were when you were a little kid. Remember? You trust what you know in your heart. You see things and know they're weird and you don't doubt yourself. And you don't resent other people. And you were free. And you saw that people were weird. Your relatives were weird. The culture was weird. The teachers were weird. But through a slow process of seduction and tease and cruelty and rewarding you for going along and getting along slowly, you began to leave that realm of truth, of what's real, of love, and you fell into this other state, this hypnotic state. Let's call it a slave state.
0: Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is The Slave State. And now here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo.
1: Hello everyone, welcome. Today I would like to talk to you about, about slavery. Christ said all who sin are slaves. All who sin are slaves. And I saw it again this morning. I was thinking about and writing about fascination and fixation. And do you realize that when you are fascinated by something or fixated upon something, it's a kind of a false worship? It has actually captured your attention. And having captured your attention, you become a slave to it. Have you ever noticed, for example, like if you get a magazine and you thumb through it, or a similar process occurs when you're online. You look at this and look at that, and, and then all of a sudden, you notice that a lot of time has gone by. Now, everything that you see around the world, where people are enslaved to their government, enslaved to a dictator, enslaved to their addictions, and to their culture every form of enslavement you can think of has this as a basis when you allow something to become too important to you or when you allow something to distract you something to woo you something to take you away so you can drift away that process is a process of enslavement and also its hypnosis. See, when you think about a hypnotist on the stage, for example, we tend to think of the hypnotist as having some kind of power that he he or she uses and that the words have power and the suggestions have power and and like that. But actually... What has power is the process itself. And the proof of that is that they have done experiments, like, you know, with college students, where they would have a college student hypnotized and then given the post-hypnotic suggestion would that when someone, you know, says the number 10 or something like that, then they'll go back into the trance state. Well... It turns out that maybe the original person who did the hypnosis was the professor. But then later, another student can come in and say 10, and the individual immediately goes into a trance state and then does what the, what the, the other college student tells him to do. So it could be a college student. It could be the mailman passing by. It could be a little kid. It could be... A parrot saying 10, and the person goes into a trance, and then whatever is fed to them to do, they do. So, do you understand that it's the process that's the problem? It's the process of hypnosis. So, when you allow something, for example... I'll give you another example. Let's say that you are a kid and your family has some weird cultural food. You know how cultural food is weird? Some weird cultural food. And they force you to eat it. And so you'd be okay. But they force you to eat it and then you say, well, this is weird and it tastes terrible. And they don't allow you to say that. They force you to, to say that it's good, that it tastes good. And so you go along with what's not true. So in other words, you rejected what you what you basically know from common sense or what you know in your heart. You reject it, and you go along with, not with what's not true. The rejecting of reality and the going along with what's not true is a wrong okay it's not a, it's not a great big giant wrong it's a tiny 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 wrong but i want you to see that a lifetime of all these tiny 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 wrongs adds up to becoming a total slave so you go along with it and then they come up with some other weird cultural thing and you have and you have to go along with it and you have to say that it's okay and that it's nice and that it's good and you have to say something that's not true or something that you don't know whether it's true or not, and they make you say it. Well, that process, along with the pressure that they apply to you to conform, to go along, to not rock the boat, so then you give in to the pressure. Maybe they reward you. They, they tell you how nice you are and how your brother's a troublemaker, but how you are always cooperative, and and so they they reward you. So, going along with what you know is not true or suspect is not true, conforming, not rocking the boat, giving in to the pressure, all of those are parts of the process of becoming enslaved to the process. That's the process. The denying or doubting what you know in your heart, rejecting reality, accepting something not true, going along to get along, etc., etc.,
0: Are you ready to stop being enslaved and embrace reality? If so, keep listening to Shedding Shackles. Now you can listen to Shedding Shackles live streaming on your phone. Simply call 518-896-1902. That's 518-896-1902. Thanks for listening
1: they also get you the resentment route. In other words, if you resent them for pressuring you or you resent having to eat the weird food, the resentment also takes you away from the realm of good. Let's say there's a realm of good, a realm of truth, a realm of love, a realm of reality, whatever you want to call it. Anytime you step away from it by Denying the truth, denying reality, by conforming to pressure, or by resenting. See, when you resent, it's a bit of hate. And so, that is also a stepping away from the realm of good and truth and love and light. Do you understand? So, all of these little errors, let's call them errors which other people encourage, which they pressure you into and trick you into and tease you into and seduce you into. And before long, you feel comfortable with your cultural practices, comfortable with going along, comfortable with denying reality. Then when you are pulled into that hypnotic state, away from the good and the true and from reality and from love, then whatever is fed to you, you go along with it. You succumb to it. You you don't know how to resist it. So once you have fallen into that state, then everything has an effect on you. Do you understand? It's a slave state. One moment, you're free. You're in the realm of what is good. You're in the realm of reality. You're doing reality checks. You trust what you know in your heart. You see things and know they're weird, and you don't doubt yourself. And you see that they're weird, and you don't resent other people. You just kind of watch them, and you kind of wonder about how all the stuff they do is crazy. Remember? That's how you were when you were a little kid. Remember? You trust what you know in your heart. You see things and know they're weird, and you don't doubt yourself. And you see that they're weird, and you don't resent other people. You were like Huckleberry Finn, you know, uh, just uh, a, a blithe, carefree spirit. And you were free. And you saw that people were weird. Your relatives were weird. The culture was weird. The teachers were weird. You saw that they were weird. But through a slow process of seduction and trauma and tease and cruelty and rewarding you for going along and getting along slowly, you began to leave that realm of reality checks, the realm of light, of truth, of what's real, of love, and you fell into this other state, this hypnotic state, let's call it a slave state. And when you're in the slave state, you are then enslaved by everything and prone to be enslaved. And when you're in the enslaved hypnotic state, you can't do reality checks because there's no reality there. You're lost in that state. Then... If you're living in Saddam Hussein's realm, then you, you go along with Saddam Hussein and think he's a great guy and do whatever he says. If you happen to be living in Hitler Germany, you go along with Hitler. And if you live under some other regime, some other form of tyranny, whatever, wherever it might be, even here, then you go along with that tyranny. Obey. And you obey the suggestions because you're in that state where you're not doing reality checks, where you're separated from what you know in your heart. So instead of seeing the people that are telling you to do this and that as being weird and seeing what they're asking you to do is weird, you go along with whatever they say. So it's a slave state of mind. I've said quite a bit, and I I hope that you see that what I'm saying is true. And get the little meditation and recommit yourself to to being objective your family needs you to be reasonable rational thoughtful to have understanding to have patience you see what i mean to have love
0: you're listening to shedding shackles helping you navigate life's challenges with poise and confidence
1: so it, again, it's the process of going along, giving in, surrendering. Do you see it? But when you're in that process, you can't discern what's true and what's not true. You you can't say no, because you have no basis for saying no because you're separated from the ground of being from which you could have said no. Now in in this. Slave state, all you can do is conform or rebel. You can drum up some energy to resist what they're telling you to do, but then you but then you usually end up giving in anyway. So now, anything that comforts you, your food, especially your comfort, cultural food, you escape into it. And it then, see, completes the process. So, before long not only is your mind enslaved and your emotions are enslaved, but as you take in the food, as you take in the entertainment, as you take in the drug, as you take in the words spoken by whoever it is that you're following, there's religious tyranny, there's political tyranny, there's medical tyranny, there are all kinds of tyranny. And then as you take take it in, then inside of you, it becomes incorporated into you. And then you become totally adapted to this state. The food has a different effect on you when you eat it hypnotically It to escape. It has a different effect than when you're totally awake and in the realm of good and truth and love and reality. There, the food has a good effect. But when you're lost in your slave state, the food has a different effect upon you. And everything does. And every aspect of your being, every cell in your body, every nerve tissue, every organ becomes slowly adapted to what it is that you are escaping into. So, what is the antidote to this awful, terrible state is to wake up. Now, do you understand? Christ said, My words have life. When he spoke, His words awaken to people from that state. Awaken them to stand back and look and see the process by which they were being enslaved. And suddenly their mind became free, and then their emotions became free. And it's beautiful. That's what you need is to be free. You need the kiss of the Prince of Peace now. So, what about the little meditation that I have? Do you understand that it's, it helps you to wake up? See, there's a difference. Even, even the wonderful things that you hear in church and on the radio, they're beautiful and you love them. Well, there's a difference between hearing them in the hypnotic state where they program you, and hearing them in the aware state where you see that what the words are saying is true. The inner light testifies wordlessly to the exterior words. When you hear the words, you know they're true, and how do you know they're true? Because you see that they're true, and how do you see that they're true? Because you see in the inner light, because you're not in hypnotic state. You're close to the light, and are close to reality, close to truth, and you see what's true. So you see that it's true and now you're not accepting it hypnotically and robotically. You're not programmed by it anymore. Now it's living knowledge, living truth. And the inner light that shines and shows you that it's true, that light then becomes a part of your being. It becomes a part of every fiber of your being. And you become a living being and one day even to be translated, to live forever. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I want to continue with the topic that I began a couple of days ago. And the topic is that when you are able to stand back from thought, for example, when you practice the meditation, you look at the little glow of light on the inside of your eyelids, as if you were looking out in space through your forehead. You see a glow of light on the inside of your eyelids, that spiritual light. Now you're outside of thought, and you're actually outside of time with your soul. You're in a different place. I keep using that term because I can't think of a better one. You're in a different place, a better place. You're in the dimension of God's kingdom. You are objective. You see reality. You are standing back, and you're no longer a part of what's going on out there. Instead, you're the observer of it. And you see things as they are. But more importantly, yesterday I emphasized that there is a separation between you and what you see. Now, when we are getting better, when we find this dimension, this heavenly place, this heavenly space, We are now capable of observing our error without being involved in the error. We're not lost in thought. We're not lost in emotion. We're standing back and we're watching. And what you see is the error, but you're no longer a part of it. Now, in the Bible... Christ told us that we are to be perfect. We are to be holy. Now, how is that possible? Well, what holy means is to be set apart. To be set apart. Christ said, come out from among them. When you are set apart, then you're no longer a part of the error that's going on. You've probably had the experience of being somewhere with people, maybe at a party or something, and everybody is laughing and carrying on, and it seems odd to you. Well, you know, that's actually a healthy way of relating. You don't want to be a part of the craziness. You don't want to be pulled into that, because when you're pulled into that, when you're lost in thought, when you're lost in emotions, when you're lost in things, when you're lost in other people... You can't know God. It's only when you are apart that through you can come something good, and into you comes nothing bad. See, you lost what you had when you were a little child. You were very close to the light. But the world teased you, and it was enticing, and it tempted you, and it goaded you, and it teased you to go along with it. And to get involved with it, because they didn't didn't want somebody who wasn't involved, because then it would make them, it would shame them. It would show them a different way of being. They wanted you to be involved with them, so they wouldn't have to feel guilty or ashamed or embarrassed for the things, the rotten things they were doing. They felt more comfortable when everybody else was involved in what they were doing. But if you were in a group, and the whole thing just seemed odd and kind of weird and You weren't a part of it. It was like everybody was talking. You couldn't really hear what (laughs) they—it went in one ear and out the other. That would actually be a proper way to be. You see, in the Bible, you hear about Christ being with a crowd, and then suddenly somebody, one of the Pharisees or one of the bad people, were offended by what he said, and then they wanted to kill him, for example, or grab him and haul him off to court or something, and he, he disappeared. He suddenly was gone. And you also remember that when he came back from the dead, he appeared to the apostles. He was able to suddenly appear, and he was able to walk through the wall. So when you stand back, when you are objective and stand back, you're actually very close to that sort of thing. If you continued all the way, and it might be one day that you're among some people that are not good, and you say something, and they don't even—they don't even know that you're there. You're in a, a different dimension, and they can't touch you. But I want you to see the importance of standing back. Now, here's a simple example of it. You're in an argument with a friend. You're getting pulled into an argument with somebody. And all of a sudden, you take a mental step back, and you get the big picture, and suddenly you see it's not that important. And then you say, hey, it's no big deal. Forget it. And you both have a good laugh, and you go off as friends. You see what I mean? You become objective. You're no longer pulled into the argument so now you have to begin to learn to not get pulled into things when you find yourself drifting away with music take a mental step back snap out of it when you find yourself drumming your fingers to the music notice it take a step back pull back you find yourself getting involved in some somebody is creating some kind of an, of an issue and they're trying to pull you into it step back When you see some foolishness going on, just step back. Don't resent it, but just don't get involved in it. That's all. When somebody comes with some argument, then instead of trying to oppose the odd thing they're saying or trying to argue with them or convince them otherwise or something, just let it go in one ear and out the other. And even Christ said sometimes it's better just to say yes, yes, or no, no, and take leave. And the idea is you just don't want to get in you don't want to get involved in it. see a lot of people are not sincere. they're not sincere about the questions and the issues they're raising. They're just trying to get to you, they're trying to tease you, they're trying to get you involved. they're trying to take your energy. they want to pull you down to their level. But some people they like it because they've they've always yearned for it. they've always wanted it. They want what you have, but they haven't been able to find it now, maybe you can lend a helping hand and help them to find what you have found. You have found objectivity. You have found a different place. And when you are in this different place, everything you do has a different effect, a good effect. When you are in this different place, for example, and you eat while in this different place, the food that you eat goes to, to you in this different place and sustains you in this different place, which is opposed to when you used to be lost in your television and your music and your video games and your thoughts and your emotions and everything else. Then there when you ate, what did you do? You, you actually ate to escape from awareness. And so you when you ate, you went even deeper into thought and being lost there. And the food that you ate then actually helped to sustain you in that lower fallen state. Do you understand? So now I think I've I've said quite a bit, and I, I I hope that you see that what I'm saying is true, and get the little meditation and recommit yourself to. To being objective. Your family needs you to be reasonable, rational, thoughtful, to have understanding, to have patience. You see what I mean? To have love. They need that. And you can only have that for them when you're able to stand back and be in this different space. Now, I want you to go to my website and get the meditation. Give it a try. It's free. It's free. And my website is SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. Until next time, Lord willing,
0: and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
1: Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.